Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. It's the Saturday edition of From the Podium, which means we get the best of the Chiefs sound from Thursday and Friday. So on this episode, you will hear from both Chiefs coordinators. First, Chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy and defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnolo. We'll take a quick break. You'll hear from running backs coach, Dylan McCullough, and defensive back coach Sam Madison, another break. And finally, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid and offensive lineman Nick Allegretti from Friday. So that is your lineup for today. Of course, we'll start with the Chiefs coordinators. Here is Eric Bieniemy. All right. Good afternoon. Hope everybody's uh, remaining healthy and uh, staying safe. Uh, feels good coming off a, a, a good victory on the road as we did last week. I thought our guys did a heck of a job of uh, just gutting out a victory, playing hard, playing assignment sound, more importantly, playing for one another for 60 consecutive minutes. And with that said, I'm all ears. Go first to Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. Coach EB, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Miss Karen? I'm just fine. Thank you very much, sir. I want to ask you a little bit about the addition of Le'Veon. Will he be able to play much? You got quite a playbook there. I know he's an experienced running back and what you saw in practice of how he'll fit into this offense. Uh, You know what? Uh, So he's had an opportunity to fit into some Zoom meetings with our running back coach, Dylan, who's doing a hell of a job. And on top of that, he had an opportunity uh, to do some Zoom meetings with, uh, with coach Anthony Sherman as well you know, when he was on his COVID list. But uh, Le'Veon is a sharp kid, and he picks up football well. The thing that we don't want to do is overwhelm him and put him in a situation that could be detrimental to himself and to us. So we just want to play it out and see exactly what all he can adapt to and fit in with. But obviously, he's going to have an opportunity to do some things, and we want, to, we want him to go out there and be himself and just play. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go down. Hey, Eric, um, adding uh, Le'Veon, what what capability do you have now offensively? Uh, nothing against any of your other backs, but what does he maybe give you that you guys didn't have before this? And Brad, I'll have one quick follow-up too. You know what? He gives us an additional piece to the puzzle. I mean, he's a big back. His productivity over the years, has, has it speaks for itself because we've lined up and played him when he had those uh, those days uh, in Pittsburgh. We know what he can do when he, and we know what he brings to the table. He's a great receiver out of the backfield. He can block. He can pick up uh, blitzes and protection. And on top of that, as a ball carrier, he's he's you know, at one point in time, one of the elite backs in the league. Now, what he can bring to the table here, obviously, he he gives a, a 25 a, a compliment because now you got a little bit of thunder and lightning going on with those two. But the thing is, is he's going to help 25 to become a better football player due to all the knowledge that he has and wisdom that he can pass down to him. 
And also your uh, your offensive line. I mean, you, you you plugged a couple guys in the other night. Obviously, at least with that center, you felt like that was going to make a difference. But were you even surprised at how well that group played um, uh, on uh, Monday night? Not at all, Adam. And I'll say this, and I, I'm not saying that to be arrogant. We have a great coaching staff. Our guys do a heck of a job. Coach Heck has been – he's been coaching the O-line position for a long time. He played the position. He does a great job of preparing those guys to be the starter. And I'm talking about those guys who are uh, uh, down-the-line guys. So one thing as a staff, we take a tremendous amount of pride in making sure that the next man is ready. And so when it happens, it's not a panic. Obviously, unfortunately, you never want to see any of your players get hurt or go down but when it does happen, the next man is up and he has to go in there and perform up to the level that we're expecting them to. And uh, the thing is, is those guys do a great job of communicating. They built great relationships with their players and it shows on game day that those guys are game ready. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Eric, I have two questions for you as well. Uh, the first one to start is about the red zone, your guys' improvement there over the last couple of weeks, what would you say is the reasons for those improvements in the red zone? I think more than anything is eliminating the mistakes, just making sure that we're doing things that our guys are comfortable with doing, but more importantly, playing fast, okay? And here's the thing is when you're designing game plans and going through all this, sometimes you're expecting a certain look and sometimes you don't get that look. Well, it's not about improvising. It's still about playing hard and playing fast, having a plan, okay? Execute your plan and win, all right? When we're doing those things, great things can happen, all right? Mm -hmm. Travis doing a hell of a job. Pat's doing a great job. Obviously, our entire coaching staff is doing a better job of making sure that we're putting our guys in the right positions to go out and make those plays. And, and then secondly, Eric, um, if you can, can you just take us through your perspective Coming off the the, the locker room, uh, the situation with Travis, obviously we saw that sort of a year ago in the Colts game. Uh, can you just take me through what it's like to have those experiences with Travis and obviously um, coming together for the for the photo op in the middle of the game? <laughs> well, I'll say this, Nate. You you haven't seen me as a as a as a coach over the years. If you're just going to ask me about the the situation with Travis, one thing uh, that I always talk to players about. And this is the beauty of building relationships throughout your entire career with these guys. Because one thing that you know, as a former player, everybody wants to be perfect. No one wants to make a mistake. And so one thing when you're building relationships with players, as I take a tremendous amount of pride and all of our coaches do, okay, is that in those critical moments, you got to remind guys, all right, don't take the message and think that it's personal. No, I'm attacking the issue. And so when they realize that, that it's about the issue and not about the person, players, they, they, they understand, you know, this is not a personal attack or I'm getting, no, not at all. This is professional football. Our job is to make sure that our players are being accountable. And one thing you'll know, me and Trav have a great relationship. And the beauty of it is those things happen. Those things do not bother me. We keep it moving and we keep pushing forward because when it's all said and done with, you know, it's all about doing what is best for the organization and doing what is best for the Chiefs. Next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. 
Good afternoon, Eric. Uh, you obviously have the luxury of coaching Patrick Mahomes, but I'm sure that there are some challenges with that, especially right now when a lot of teams are taking away what he likes to do, and that's throw the ball downfield. What type of things do you say to Pat to say, okay, you know, let's just take what's in front of us here? And he's fine with that. If those guys are going to play in the back end and, and play deep, he's going to be the first one to tell you, hey, you know what? They're not covering him. <laughs> Everybody's playing deep. So I'm going to find the open man. So the, the beauty of Pat, and I want everybody to understand this, and, and I think sometimes prof professional sports have a tendency to think that it's all about the numbers and the egos. And, and sometimes I think people forget that we play a team game. This is what has made us special. Our guys are going to do whatever is needed to go out and win. Because when it's all said and done with, we talk about this each and every week. It's not about the numbers, okay? It's about the alphabets. And the only two alphabets that matter in this industry is a W and the L. Whatever we have to do to get that W, that's all what matters. And then you know what? We're going to come back, put, the, put a game plan together for the following week, and, and we're going to get it going and get ready to go. Yes, ideally we want all of our players to have all the success that they can, but we do know this. If we can do this together and do it for one another and do it the right way, okay, it'll give us a chance to have a chance to go out and pursue the goals that we want to pursue. We've got time for a couple more guys. We're going to go Sam and then Steve. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Eric. Um, I, I know Clyde had a great game the other day, right? But um, individual, I'm not trying to take away from that. But the line in front of him, there, there were some holes. Uh, what, what did you see there, particularly with the interior where you're kind of moving some guys around? Uh, how much of that do you feel like is, is you sort of cracked a code and can, can repeat that going forward? Well, here's the thing. You're only as good as your last performance. So our guys played as good as a game as they could have possibly played for that weekend. I thought they, the preparation was much better. The focus was better. I thought guys had a plan and they went out and executed their plan because of all the little things that we, we talked about. Just having the right attitude and that determined mindset to take that field and go out and play up to the, uh, the level of expectations that we expect them to play. But now it's about putting consistent behavior on tape. Now we're faced with another challenge. Now we got to go to Denver and play against a, a young up and coming uh, defensive line group. It's playing some pretty good ball up front. And one thing that our guys got to do is just make sure that, hey, you know, last week was last week. What we did is gone. Now it's time to flip the page and move on to the next chapter. It's glass of Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, Coach EB. How you doing? Doing good, Steve. What's going on? Not much. Uh, from a performance perspective, you you know what you're going to get with Le'Veon, right? I mean, but similar to when you guys brought in Shady from last year uh, in his mentorship to Darwin, you, and you talked about it a little bit, but I'm just curious to know if you are expecting Le'Veon to show any leadership to Clyde, and if so, how much? And have you heard anything before you brought him in about his leadership ability? Well, here's the thing. I know, uh, first of all, Le'Veon reached out to, to Clyde and had a, a conversation with him and asked him, you know, and told him, basically, I don't want to step on your toes, you know, which <laughs> I want to know if you're okay with me coming in here. And he's a classy individual that says a lot about the person who does not want to come up and disrupt the chemistry that we have. And so I do know this, the kid is a football junkie. He lives and dies for football. And then on top of that, we have strong enough leadership within that locker room to make sure that he's doing it the way we want it done. But what I expect from Le'Veon, I expect Le'Veon to be professional, 
you know, within this building. I expect him to represent the Kansas City organization. And also, too, at times when he feels comfortable to, to do it, I expect him to provide some some leadership and just some some knowledge and wisdom on what it takes to play at an elite level. You know what I mean? Uh, in this league for a consistent amount of time. And I hope he passes that down throughout the entire room. Coach EV, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Okay. Um, no, I just came through the walkthrough. Um, guys are ready to have a practice. It's a little short week here, but looking forward to getting out there on a Thursday. So with that, I'll just open it up. Start first with Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Coach, just wonder if you can get your first impressions of what you've seen of the, the, the Broncos' offense this year. They got Drew Locke back last week. It's been a little uneven with them at the quarterback position. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. Um, it looked pretty smooth and kind of clicking on all cylinders this past game against New England. Um, they got the quarterback back. We anticipate them getting the tight end back, maybe both running back. So it feels like, you know, they've won two straight games, you know, on the road. My guess is they're pretty confident right now, so I think we're going to see a good football team. Let's go next to Sam McDale. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Steve. Hey, uh, what you th- What do you think of the play from your secondary, and specifically, did, did you feel like, you know, th- there was some extra motivation based on the way they had played against uh, the Raiders, and that, that that showed up on on Monday? Yeah, you know, Sam. I think you know, I, I told him this the day after the game, or two days later, whatever it is. I mean, the NFL is the, the you know, ultimate proving ground. By that, I mean, you have to prove it every week. You know, (laughs) if you have a really good game, you got to prove that that's what you were. Uh, And we certainly, our goal was to prove that what happened at home here against the Raiders was not what we were about. Uh, And I did think that they responded really well, uh, real aggressive. I was happy to see that. CW and and Bashad Breland did a great job on the outside and the safeties inside. So, and the result was pretty good. Let's go next to Herbie Teope. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, good morning. How are you? Good, Harvey. Hey, yesterday with the Broncos, uh, Drew Locke and, and Bradley Chubb had mentioned that they're well aware of losing nine straight to the Chiefs, and, and it's actually a, a topic of discussion there. How much is that discussed in Kansas City among the, the staff members and players that you are on a nine-game winning streak? And, and lastly, you've been doing this a long time. Is there such a thing as a psychological edge in the NFL? I don't know about that. And I, I, the best way I can answer that is until you just told me there was nine wins, I would not have known that. Um, again, I mean, we, the way we operate defensively is every game, you know, sits on its own. Um, I don't think there's, I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't gain anything by knowing that we had beaten them nine in a row. I think we're just going to worry about this coming game on Sunday and hope that we can get another one. <laughs> That's the goal. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Coach, kind of uh, similar to what Herbie was talking about, um, you know, with with that, now you're aware of, right, the the nine games uh, streak. The Raiders were definitely aware of of how much uh, the Chiefs had dominated them during the broadcast. They quoted John Gruden in their conversations as saying he would do anything to win that game. When they won the game, they, I'm sure you've heard this by now, drove the bus around for a victory lap. I mean, it was kind of like a Super Bowl for them. With the dominance that the Chiefs have had in the AFC West, uh, does that Raider game maybe help? underscore how big the rest of the AFC West sees these games and is is this one that you have to you know raise the level for maybe you got caught uh, by the Raiders and it won't well, happen I, now I think we got to raise the level for all our opponents um I I talked a lot in these last two meetings about complacency I mean that's our fight right now uh, I'm not saying that there is any I'm just saying that you got to fight all the time against that 
uh, going back to what you were talking about, I think Patrick Mahomes said it best. I don't know if it was in one of the team huddles or whatever, uh, but I remember him saying, hey, guys, we got to realize we're going to get everybody's best. And that's what happens when you've had some success. So we expect that every week. Um, I have trust in the defensive guys that there'll be no letdown. This is a good offense we're going to face. I, I, I just said a little bit earlier, when I turn on the New England game and I watch how they operated there, they moved the football. I know they kicked field goals, but they, they're moving the football. They got their quarterback back. They're getting the running backs back. You know, they get the tight end. So they got, they got to feel like they got all, the, all their tools and weapons back, and we're certainly going to prepare for that. We've got two more hands up. We'll go Roberts and then Pete. Go ahead, Robert. Hey, Coach. So there's a good chance you're going to get snow in Denver uh, when you head to Denver over there. So do you, does the snow ever change up your game plan or does inclement weather ever change up how you call a game? And, you know, there's that famous Mahomes clip of him talking about he's a snow game kind of guy. Do you feel like you got snow game guys on the defensive side of the ball? <laughs> I don't know about that. I know we put, we did play a snow game last year. It was against these guys, right? It was at home. Um, now, nah, listen, the, the elements are what they are. Everybody's got to deal with it. Coach Reed addressed it this morning, and uh, we just roll. You can't let, can't let anything uh, take you off course of what you're trying to do. I mean, the only thing I can think of when you ask that question is, you know, I just go back to what's the field conditions, you know, and let's be smart with footwear and all that. Guys, DBs, keep your feet underneath you, little things like that. Uh, but other than that, I don't think the game plan changes. We'll ask to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Good morning, Coach. It's been an interesting year for Trevarius. I know it's probably not easy playing with that fractured hand, but it looked like there was some improvement this past week in, in his yeah. game. How critical was it for him to maybe feel comfortable so that you could slide Fenton back to where you like to, to run in there in the slot? Yeah. Uh, listen, I gotta, I've got. i told uh, C-Dub this before. I got all the confidence in the world. I, I still had it even after the Raiders game where uh, part of it was my fault. And, uh, you know, he we bounced back. I mean, we bounced back to, as a group. He bounced back. He's a good football player for us. We need both him and uh, Breezy out there in the corners doing what they do. And if we can continue to do that, I think it'll make the defense better. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You just heard from Chiefs coordinators Eric Bieniemy and Steve Spagnuolo, and now we continue on with Chiefs running backs coach Deland McCullough. Now that uh, Le'Veon Bell's part of your room, just wondering what kind of capabilities he gives the offense that maybe you guys didn't have before. And Brad, I'll have one quick follow-up. Um, you know, he brings you know a veteran who's got it done on a high level in this league. Um, clearly, still has some some um, juice in the tank. Um, very smart. Um, he's been. 
uh, real influential with just having conversations with Clyde as well as the room on just some of his experience. Um, but not just being an experienced guy, but a guy who's going to be able to go out and do some things for us. Route running, hands, um, juice through the hole, um, leg drive, just vision. So just some of the things I've seen in a couple of days have been real impressive to me. Primarily his attitude, number one, and number two, his ability to learn. I was going to ask you, you, you said uh, that he's clearly got some juice in the tank. Is that something you've seen since he's been here? Or could you tell from his tape with the Jets uh, this year that he's got that juice in the tank? Yeah, you take things with a grain of salt. And, you know, I've had, you have conversations behind the scenes with people who work with him and see him every day. Um, but, again, his attitude here and just his pep in his step and just it's like he's kind of feel like a little re, a rebirth to an, you know, to an extreme. So, I'm just excited to have him here and, and looking forward to what he can do for us on Sunday. Let's go next to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, good afternoon. Eric Bianmi was telling us uh, a few minutes ago that, that Le Le'Veon Bell called Clyde Edwards-Alaire before he signed here just to say, is it okay? Are you okay with me coming here? What does that say about Bell's character as, as a person and as a player to do that? Yeah, I mean, that just lets you know, I mean, he's a guy who has respect for what's going on. Um, he has a level of character that maybe people don't know about, but obviously it showed itself in that situation. I know the conversation I had with him um, previous to him uh, making his final decision, I was very impressed just with what some of his goals are and different things like that. And they melded into what we want to get done here. And there was no level of selfishness or anything I heard. He said, look, I'm coming in to get in where I fit in. I can help. And I know you guys will use me the right way. And whatever that is, I'm going to do. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Dylan, I'm interested from your perspective, going from situations where, hey, maybe you you start the year with Spencer, he gets hurt, and then obviously you have to get ready for Kareem. Uh, there was a situation last year where, you know, LaShawn comes in and you make the offense work for him. I just wonder from your perspective, how much as previous situations where you add a new back or the situation changes can help you for this specific um, situation with Le'Veon? Um, I think it helps. I mean, just, just for me personally, what um, – having um, LaShawn last year, it gave me some insight as to how to get the guys prepped faster um, and different things like that. So um, I think, you know, right now, um, Le'Veon is the benefit of that as far as I had a plan for getting him ready quick. Um, and I think it's been showing in practice thus far. I mean, the guy don't look like, look like he's been here the whole year. You know, he's, he's operating at a high level mentally. Um, and then the things as far as the physical part is definitely showing itself. So we get a, a, a full speed practice today. So it'll be exciting to see what he does there. And then we roll into Sunday and see what happens. All right, guys, we're running out of time. So we got time for two more. We'll do Pete and then Robert. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Coach, I know that you were in contact with Clyde a bit during the draft process, obviously super high on him. When this decision happens, what are the conversations like with Clyde right away? And, and how did he take it in your estimation? Well, as soon as just the thought that we would do anything with Le'Veon came up, I contacted him, you know, Clyde, and, and Clyde was excited. You know, I mean, he's definitely um, very comfortable in his skin. He knows how we feel about him. I mean, the numbers, he's the way he's playing and different things like that speak for itself. I think if he wasn't playing well, he may be more apprehension and more looking over. My, the guy's playing well, you know, and he's been playing well all season. He put an explanation point on that last week. So we'll continue to move forward, but Clyde is, ex you know, he's excited, you know, welcomed him. Obviously had that conversation with him previous to um, coming here, um, previous to Le'Veon coming here. So just excited about the possibilities and um, 
it does nothing to, to slow down class progress at all, in my opinion. Let's go last to Robert Rinson. Go, Robert. Hey, Coach. So you guys are going to likely see snow when you head up to Denver. Is there sort of some technique that you tell the guys when they're running in snow and when the conditions aren't on the field aren't the best that you teach to the guys? Nah, we just go play. <laughs> Make sure you got the right cleats on and we just go out and ball. You know, that's an opportunity to run the ball more. So, shoot, you ain't got to tell them guys nothing except secure the ball and get positive yardage. Hey, Sam. Um, hey, Adam, how are you? Good, good. Thank you. Um, between suspensions and injuries, you guys haven't been whole in the secondary all season long. And assuming you guys don't lose anybody between now and then, whenever it is that Sneed comes back, you guys will finally be whole. How much are you looking forward to that? And what's that going to be like having your full complement of guys? And, and also including Thornhill, maybe kind of getting back to speed from what he was earlier in the season. Yeah, man, just time. You know, that's all we can really, you know, look forward to. But, um, you know, right now we're just going to take uh, game by game and practice by practice and put the guys in the best situation to be successful. You know, Coach Spags, Coach Merritt, you know, from us on the back end, you know, have done a phenomenal job of, you know, understanding exactly what each and every one of our guys can do and putting, trying to put them in the best situation. So, you know, we're just going to take it in stride and hopefully, you know, we'll get everybody healthy and knock on wood, um, everybody stays healthy and, you know, just try to finish this thing out strong but yes definitely looking to get all of these guys you know back together you know like we had in training camp and it looked um really promising so looking forward to it let's go next to herbie top go ahead herbie hey coach good seeing you as always hey Herb. as a follow-up to what adam was asking about legerious need obviously he started out the season hot and then he gets injured but what do you do and what do you tell him to stay mentally prepared for when he does come back because he has missed some time here yeah, just staying focused. Um, you know, he's been in the meetings. He's been at our, at our walkthroughs. He's uh, he understands the system and the scheme. You know, having a minimal time at training camp, um, but you know, continuing just to throw different things at him. We give him tests. You know, he's in the meetings, like I said, walkthrough, and then just continuing, uh, continuously asking him questions and making through making sure that he's uh, up to date on everything that we're doing. So you know, he is still in the meetings, taking notes and, you know, writing things down. Um, I like it, you know, when I walk through, he's asking those questions. Um, if he doesn't have um, something on his mind. So, you know, he's staying involved and, um, you know, the guys are doing a really good job. When you're injured, sometimes you get left by the wayside, but not um, our guys. They kept him very much in involved. And, um, you know, that's a good thing for us. Go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Coach, I have a question on two players. Um, yeah. How pleased have you been with what Bashad has been able to bring to the table? And then if you, when you're done with that, I was wondering where Bo Peak Keys is along in his development. Um, you know, Rashad, man, he brings energy, you know, um, you know, he never lacks confidence, um, you know, no matter what the situation is, um, you know, was a little down when he knew that, you know, his suspension was coming up, but, you know, he's bounced back. He came back in, he has a very good attitude. Um, he came back, he's worked hard. He's picked up right where he left off on the Super Bowl, physical tackle, tackler, um, you know, getting hands on receivers, um, you know, great for him, you know, his first game back, he was able to get an interception, but, you know, one of the things that we got 
got to do and Coach Spags and Coach Merritt has hit it, you know, just minimizing uh, the, the little small penalties. But, you know, when, when you're in a high risk, high reward uh, position like cornerback position, you know, you got to have a short memory and he definitely has that. So, you know, just really happy with him coming back and being able to jail with the guys. But, you know, jumping right in there and, and not missing a beat and, you know, picking up, you know, where Snead left off. But, you know, being a really good teammate throughout the process. We've got time for a couple more guys. We're going to go Matt, Derek, and then Sarin. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach. You, you had a couple of penalties on Monday night in the, in the secondary. And I'm curious just kind of what you thought about those penalties in general. And then specific with Bashad, is that just still simply a little bit of he's knocking off the rust coming back from the suspension? Yeah, that's what I'm hoping that is knocking off the rust. Um, you know, we've done some things throughout the course of the week, um, you know, to try to, you know, get them through those different things. Um, but, you know, when, when you're impressed majority of the time, you know, and, and we're always talking about getting hands on uh, as well as Ward, you know, when you get your hands on, the receivers are taught to knock hands off and you're going to get those hands to the face, but just got to lower your target. So they understand those things. And, and the great thing about it, you know, they don't really let those things affect them. But, you know, if we can cut down and minimize those penalties like we did in the first couple of weeks, we'll be in a very good situation. But um, we're just going to continue to work on them, um, work on them during the week. And we have different drills that Coach Merritt and uh, Coach Spags put those guys through. So we're going to hit them hard. And, um, you you know, just know that there's going to be we're coming up on some teams that's going to put the ball up in the air. So if we can, you know, be in close coverage and, and minimize those penalties, we'll be better off. Let's go next to Seren. Go ahead, Seren. Coach, I know you, you talked about some teams putting the ball in the air. This, this one looks like, and certainly their game plan against New England, was to keep it on the ground and grind it away. You just came off a game where your offense had eight possessions in the entire game except for the kneel down at the end, right? That was your, the ninth possession. It's clear that the, the object of their offense, the offenses you've played here of late, is, is to kind of play defense with the football, right? Does that put more pressure on you guys? Are you aware of that? Do, do you – uh, find yourself maybe you and Spags uh, working on maybe having to gamble more to try to to get the takeaway to try to get some tempo going uh, for the other side of the ball. Um, we're we're going to do what we do, um, you know, and that's Coach Spags' philosophy. Um, we're going to put these guys in situations where we think uh, and, and project what the opposing uh, team is going to do, and um, and the way that the offense has uh, you know continuously uh, put pressure on the opposing defense. You know, with those drives where the defense is sitting over there on the sideline for like eight nine minutes and fresh, if we can go out there and create uh, three and outs and put the opposing defense back out there, we know the things that our um, offense can do. So you know, uh, Coach Spags going to put the, the best uh, game plan together for our guys, put them in the best position. Um, and, and we're just going to go out there and, and let the game come to us. But, you know, it, it's just been really fun, you know, just to be able to sit back and watch these guys understand what we we're trying to do, know what the opposing team is trying to do, and then going out there executing the game plan. So um, it, it's just going to be a, a cat and mouse chess game um, for us. Uh, but, you know, we, we have the, the, the tools and the players to go out there and get it done. So whatever happens, um, I think we, we can make the adjustments throughout the course of the game to go out there and get a, get a win from the defensive side. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking. From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We're wrapping up from the podium, starting with Chiefs head coach, Andy Reid. All right. Uh, as far as the injuries go, uh, the guys who didn't practice today were Taco and uh, Alex Okafor, uh, Schwartz, and Sammy Watkins. And uh, most likely they'll all be marked as out once we, um, once we conclude this uh, day here. So um, look forward to the challenge of playing the Broncos. We know they're... Uh, good team and um, our guys have had a good week of practice so uh, we'll we'll get up and, and get up there tomorrow and, and see how things go anyways with that time's yours go first to Vahe Gregorian go ahead Vahe hey Andy um, just as you're playing the Broncos two two related questions to Patrick the, the first really is I know it's ancient history by now but what confidence and faith did you have in him did you think that you discovered after that first game in 2017, was there any particular impact for you? Well, I thought he handled it well. And, and so I think everybody felt that way. <clears throat> I didn't know exactly where, what direction we were going at that time, but I, I thought he had a nice performance and um, I just thought he handled the whole week. Well, I had a chance to work with him that week and um, as a Brad and Nagy got ready for the playoffs. So, um, it was, uh, you know, it, it was good to have that opportunity for sure. And then just re- regarding last year, I, I know you were very consumed with game management, so you couldn't really get distracted by, by, you know, what happened to him on the field, but in the moment or in hindsight, uh, how fortunate do you feel that it, it, it wasn't what it might've been? Yeah. Uh, listen, I, um, <clears throat> I'm happy for him most of all. And, and then, uh, you know, those things aren't fun uh, to get. And I'm sure it was a shock to him. You look down and your kneecap's on the other side, uh, your knee where it's not supposed to be. So, <clears throat> but he handled it, I thought, well. And, you know, he, he wanted to get back in after about a couple minutes. So he's wired a little bit different that way. Go next to Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron. Coach, Denver's a team that struggles in the red zone this year. Is there anything when you look at film that you see, hey, they're trying to do this, but it's just not working? And I, I guess, how do you keep that trend going? Aaron, they're, they're, uh, their defense is pretty stout. And um, I mean, they're one of the top run teams in the league. <clears throat> As you go further in the red zone, um, I think they're they're very good. They, uh, In particular, against a run game, um, there looks like there's a wall there <laughs> that you're trying to work through. They do a good job of gap management. So, um, you know, it's important, obviously, that you execute. Everything's a little faster down there, and you've got to execute uh, the run game where you can try to create some seams. And <clears throat> in the pass game, you've got to, you know, be able to, again, try to create some space if, if possible. So I think they do a nice job in there. I know what their numbers are, but I, I think they do a pretty good job. Go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy, just wanted to ask you about uh, your depth at defensive end. If Taco doesn't play and um, uh, Alex Oakford doesn't play, then you've uh, 
and you know, Mike Dana obviously not going to play, so you're you're kind of down in some numbers there. How you feel about that depth going into this game? If it is, uh, if it's true, those guys can't play. But Brad, I'll have one quick follow. Yeah, so I, you know, the the one thing that we do have is, is uh, Chris can play either or if needed. So I think we'll we'll be okay uh, with the rotation there. Okay, and um, assuming Mitch doesn't play on Sunday. Um, will you go with your starting offensive line the way you finished up against Buffalo? Yes. Go next to James Palmer. Go, James. Andy, now that you've had uh, Le'Veon Bell for, for a week, what's your thought on how much you can use him on Sunday in terms of his workload and what he understands? Yeah, you know, I'm going to try to visit with him here. Just uh, I was waiting until after this practice just to – I see where we were at with him, um, how, where his comfort level was uh, with what we're what we're doing. So, uh, but it looks like he's picking things up well. So I, I don't, I think uh, there's a chance that he has, you know, he can get a couple snaps in there. But let's just see. I'll, I'll see here. Um, I haven't had time to talk to him after this practice yet. So I'll, I'll visit with him and see where he's at. We've got three more hands up. We'll go right down the line. Todd Harold and then Matt. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Coach, I just uh, wonder how close you're keeping an eye on the weather. Looks like it's going to be some snow out there. You guys played them in the snow here in Kansas City last time. What effect would that have on the game? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how the wind and the snow and all that stuff. I <clears throat> I can't tell you that until – I'm not sure they can tell you that. Uh, I mean, the weather changes so fast up there. So, and um, we'll just see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I think we have a good plan if whatever direction it goes. Go next to Harold. Go ahead, Harold. Andy, real quickly, following up on what Adam said, uh, just with Nick Allegretti and Daniel Kilgore getting some more snaps, just how do you feel they're going to uh, – they fit in very well against Buffalo, but how do you feel they fit in against uh, Denver? What are you seeing throughout the week that – especially with the inclement weather, well, what could happen with the O-line there? Yeah, so I think it'll be a good challenge for, for us um, uh, with that defensive front. I mean, that's a good defensive front. Inside techniques, 96 <laughs> – is a uh, I think a, a heck of a player. He uh, every year he's gotten better, and and right now he's playing at a very high level. And we know about fifty five and you know, fifty nine is kind of a new addition to Reed. Um, and he's uh, I think he's explosive player. So they they've got good talent there. That'll be a good challenge for our offensive line. And I'll be curious to see how we do. You know I mean it's like I said you you got to you got to strap it on when you play that group. And their linebackers are big physical guys. So we'll go last to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, coach. Kind of related to what Todd was asking you about the weather. Um, you know, it's been pretty unseasonably warm here in Kansas City this fall. Um, does it feel good that you know you've gotten a like a game in Buffalo and the and the and the rain under your belt and then a practice like today before you go into some places like Denver and get ready for the end of the season? Yeah, well, I said it changes up there quick. I mean, it changes here pretty quick. I mean, yesterday. You could be out in a bathing suit today. Uh, you better put the woolies on because it's a little cool out there, windy and cool. So, um, I it was good to yeah, it was good to get it in. I'm glad I'm standing here though talking to you, but it was good to get it in. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining right. us. Take care. Thank you. Hey Nick, uh, just curious. Uh, playing so many snaps last week, playing really good football. How'd you feel out there, and uh, how's it feel getting that first real full game under your belt? Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, pretty appreciative to have, you know, some, some older guys next to me helping me out 
uh, you know, getting in there. And but it was it was a blast. You know, football's a lot of fun, and it had been a little bit since I've been on the field, so it was definitely a good time getting out there. Let's go next to Herbie Tiope. Go ahead, Herbie. And good to see you as always. What was your biggest takeaway from your rookie year that you've applied it to this year? And also, it looks like you might be starting this week and how that helps you mentally prepare. Oh, uh, yeah. One of, you know, one of Coach X's big things is, you know, preparation. You know, everyone wants to win. Everyone wants to, you know, play hard on game day. Uh, but, the, you know, the, leak, the week leading up to it, you know, that preparation is big. Uh, so I've kind of developed a little bit of a system still learning, you know, from guys like Mitch and Fish and, you know, how to prepare, what film to watch. Uh, but yeah, just continuing to, you know, figure out, you know, what my style is. Let's go next to Vahe Gregorian. Good, Vahe. Hey, Nick. Um, just wanted to ask you about that that moment when you know you're going in in such a prime situation and you know you're going to be in. I mean, how, obviously you're prepared, you're prepared, but you've gone a lot of games without having that moment. So how, mm -hmm. how, how did that work? And did you have some butterflies? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when I figured out that, you know, Mitch was going to be out for, you know, the game, it was a little bit of, you know, stress butterflies at the beginning. And then to be honest, kind of went blank for a little bit, warmed up, didn't really think about much. And then just, you know, got the opportunity to go have a lot of fun, uh, you know, run around with the O-line, great, great guys out there. So it was just a fun game. Great night. Uh, you know, really excited about it. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Nick, um, this was obviously more than you'd played, at least in a regular season game since you've been here. What told you you were ready for this? What, what, did, what have you been doing in practice or in your preparation that said, you know what, I, I got this, I, I can do this uh, and do it at a high level? Uh, you know, I think that just, you know, the D-line that we have here, you know, incredibly, you know, talented group. So being able to go up against them, you know, day in, day out at practice and, you know, competing with them. You know, Chris is, you know, incredible player, you know, Derek Nottie, incredible player. So get, being able to get those reps against them and, you know, slowly beginning to, you know, have some success or some learn some things from them, uh, you know, has been huge. And then just following the older guys, you know, they taught me how to prepare, you know, physically and mentally uh, for games. So feel good about the way that, I, you know, I've learned how to prepare, but it was a little nerve wracking for sure, you know, because I hadn't been able to go out there and really do it. So it was, it was definitely fun to get out there and play. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Nick. Good to see you. Um, remind me if I'm correct, but I think your first pancake in the NFL was in Denver last year back in October in, in the heavy set package, and you had a lot of similar plays in Buffalo. Just what do you think makes you a very good run blocker from what you've shown in your limited snaps in the NFL? Uh, yeah, that was uh, – yeah, my first snap up in Denver. That was definitely a good time. Uh, but I don't know. I just – Kind of the way that I was, you know, raised growing up playing football is, you know, if you're going to make a mistake, make it flying around, make it fast, make it physical. Uh, so, you know, mistakes are going to happen throughout a football game. There's a lot of snaps. So, I mean, the one thing that I can control is my effort, my physicality. So that's, that's what I have, you know, the rest, you know, preparation, all that, you know, that comes as I continue to grow, but I know that I can play as hard as I want or, you know, hard as I can and be as physical as I can. So that's what I have. Go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Nick, congrats. And I know this is an exciting time. You had a lot of retweets of people just tweeting at you, different clips and things like that. I imagine the support extended to your phone. I was just wondering if you could give us a glimpse of what that was like hearing from probably a lot of friends, families, coaches, and teammates, et cetera. 
Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's always definitely humbling, you know, when you take a look at the phone and really, you know, friends, family, um, they support me every week, no matter what. I get the good luck text from them. You know, the congrats text from them always, uh, I guess the, the probably the my favorite of the text is when you get it from, you know, an old coach, uh, you know, someone that coached you, mentored you growing up, because those are the guys that, you know, no matter what the sport was, wrestling, football, developed me into, you know, the, the player that I am. So getting those texts are probably my, you know, favorite ones for sure. It looks like we got four more. We'll go right down the line. Harold, you're up first. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Nick. Uh, congratulations on getting that first start, too. Um, you know, when you look back at everything you've done with the practices and, and with Mitch helping you out and everybody, when you get into your first start, you know, what's the first thing that kind of runs through your mind knowing that there's so many, so much talent back there in the backfield? And I asked Daniel about, you know, what, what it's like to block for those guys back there and the different difference that they have present. What's it like for you out there? Yeah, I mean, every day, you know, if you take a look around the locker room, it's incredible. The, the talent that we have at the skill positions is, you know, wild, you know, and I, I get it. I, my second year, you know, maybe get used to it, but you really don't. You know, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of talent in our in our locker room. And, you know, the only thing we could do is give them a chance to, you know, show that talent, uh, you know, put it on ourselves to give them the opportunities, make the throws, make the catches, you know, give them some holes in the run game if we can. And, you know, just give them the opportunity to show, you know, show the world who they are. So that's kind of the mentality that we have. And, you know, it's pretty cool to get the block for those guys. Go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Nick. I, you know, I, I know that you, hey, you like to play games, you do puzzles in your free time. I'm curious, you know, especially even during the pandemic, anything that new that you've added to your kind of repertoire collecting that's new for you? Uh, yeah, not, I guess not a, a, a new addition, um, but I did, you know, I was able to set up my own, you know, table at a coin show, you know, earlier on um, and got to sell actually coins for the first time. So, you know, get to be more of a dealer uh, rather than a collector for a little bit. That was pretty cool. Got to meet a lot of people in that community. Um, it was just kind of, yeah, a fun experience getting to, you know, really dive into that hobby, you know, when we didn't know what the, you know, what the future of the season was. So that was definitely a good time. Go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Nick, I'm curious if uh, Patrick Mahomes had anything to say to you or did he – you know, does he try to loosen you up during the games? Just what 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 kind of uh, reaction, what kind of interaction did you have with him during the game or at least uh, maybe before the game? Uh, yeah, no, he was uh, definitely, I don't know if he did it intentionally or not, but, you know, if there was any cadence that was a little bit different, any play that was, you know, one of our, you know, one-off plays, I felt kind of some eye contact from him in the huddle. I don't know if he knew that he was doing that, but it was kind of putting some emphasis on it in the huddle. Um, but just kind of his confidence, the way that he runs the offense um, is huge. You know, so when he's, you know, making the calls with that confidence gives, you know, the rest of us and, you know, definitely myself first time out there, you know, a lot of confidence. He knows what he's doing. He knows what, you know, he's telling us to do. So that helped a lot. And we'll go last to Rob Collins. Good, Rob. Hey, Greddy, uh, asking for our sister station back in uh, Champaign, how excited are you for uh, Big Ten football to come back, uh, Illinois, Wisconsin, and what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, no, I'm really excited. Texted the O-line today. Um, you know, those are the guys I played with, you know, almost all of them because we were a pretty young team my last two years. 
I'm really excited for that. It's going to be a good game. A um, little bit of underdogs, which I know definitely, you know, put an extra chip on their shoulders, which I don't know if they needed it, but it's going to help. So I'm excited. Uh, I mean, I, I'm an optimist with the Illini every day. So we're going to win the game. Only way I can look at it, but really excited. Definitely be tuning into that.